0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you for coming back to the mountain. A very special episode here as we're going over the official Mountain West Connection kickoff week voting. We'll go over our first and second team honorees, as well as handing out our awards and standings predictions. Back to help me reveal this is, of course, Mike Whitman.
1: Hey, Jack. Hey, everybody. We'll go over our choices for
0: best position groups, the all-coach team, and our top 10 players. Let's get right into it. We're going to section the teams a bit, so we'll reveal the offense first and discuss that before moving on to the defense and so on. So without further ado, the Mountain West Connection first team team. At quarterback, we have Talon Green from Boise State. At running back, we have Ashton Jean and George Holani, both from Boise State. At wide receiver, we have Tori Horton from Colorado State and Ricky White from UNLV. At flex, which can be a running back or wide receiver, we have Harrison Whaley from Wyoming. At tight end, we have Mark Redman from San Diego State. Our five offensive linemen, we have Cade Bennett, the guard from San Diego State. Thor Pagley along Air Force's center. Frank Crum, Wyoming tackle, Mason Randolph, the center for Boise State, and Cade Berezford, Boise State tackle.
1: I was really interested to see how quarterback would shape out. Just so viewers and readers know, it was a big battle between Taylon Green and Chevron out of San Jose State. There's going to be another Taylon and Chevon battle later in this episode. To me, the battle comes down to potential versus production so far. Not that Taylon Green didn't demonstrate production last year. He was Mount West freshman of the year, but the question on everybody's mind whether you're a fan or not is just how high can he progress this year most of our voters seem to think that he's going to take a big step forward this year
0: another really interesting place to look was the running backs just because there was a lot of quality guys that could have ended up on this first team Uh, we ended up getting two Boise State guys but obviously Harrison Whaley at the flex guys like Kyrie Robinson from San Jose State John Lee Eldridge the third obviously going to get the bulk of the carries at Air Force Tylen Hines from Hawaii another guy there's a ton of running back talent, but the kind of cream of the crop, even though there's so much talent across the conference in the running back room, we still have on one team the top two running backs in the conference.
1: Important to recognize a lot of our voters on the team view the voting a little differently, or at least maybe I differ from the rest of the team. So when I'm looking at the voting, the way I view it is who are the best players, stepping into the conference this year and by that I kind of mean I look at what is your past production been in the Mountain West Conference so you're not going to see me have a lot of true freshmen not a lot of transfers thing other voters look at it as a prediction of who's going to be on the all-conference team at the end of the season and kind of make it more of a guess rather than a here's how things stand. Something I'm doing this year is tweeting out kind of how I voted, and people might say, "Hey, Mike, this doesn't make sense," or probably more like, "What the heck are you thinking?" That's what I'm thinking.
0: It's a very interesting thing to look at all of our different writers and their different opinions on the matter. I know the offensive line voting was quite hectic. So many different players popped up on our voting. Not all of them are going to be on the first or second team. I know there's a couple guys that missed that I'm not too happy about, but that's the nature <laughs> of this thing. It's a it's a cumulative effort. It's a great representation of the cream of the crop of this conference.
1: I think our goal is that every player who makes one of our teams or is nominated for an award is deserving. It doesn't mean that we capture every deserving player. There's always going to be snubs, but is everybody that we feature deserving? And I feel that we were able to capture that again this year.
0: All right. So on to the defensive side of the ball, we'll start with our interior defensive lineman. We have Peyton Zdrowik from Air Force and Cole. Godbout from Wyoming. Our edges, we have Devon Harris from Wyoming and Mohamed Kamara from Colorado State. Three linebackers here, we have Easton Gibbs from Wyoming, DJ Schram from Boise State, and Lavelle Bailey from Fresno State. The defensive backs, we have Cam Stone from Hawaii, Cam Lockridge from Fresno State, Jack Howell from Colorado State, and Trey Taylor from Air Force. At flex, which can be a linebacker or defensive back, we have Cody Moon, the linebacker, from San Diego State.
1: Man, my first reaction to seeing this list is that front seven just looks really strong. Looking at Wyoming, you could almost make a whole all-conference team just out of Wyoming's front four. D-tackle was hard enough.
0: Wyoming had two defensive tackles that were good enough to be on either of these teams and the same thing with Air Force. So it was a little bit of a break at edge where, you know, I'm pretty sure
1: everybody voted
0: Devon Harris and Mohamed
1: Kamara at one or two. Linebacker was pretty clear cut. Easton Gibbs is one of, if not the top defensive players in the Mountain West this year. DJ Schram burst on the scene last year for Boise State. And then really it came down to Cody Moon or Lavelle Bailey for that third spot. And thankfully we have the flex position. Everyone's happy. I
0: think when you look at the defensive backs, although there's a ton of talent and you'll see that on the second team as well, I think this was kind of the clear cut top four between Cam Stone and Cam Lockridge, who were pretty clearly the top two corners in the conference. And then Jack Howell and Trey Taylor. Trey Taylor, who's been one of the best coverage safeties in the league for the last two seasons, and then Jack Howell, who kind of exploded onto the scene as that kind of just picture book strong safety as we get into the rest of this list. While some of the positions may be able to be interchangeable at some of the positions between the second team and the first team, I don't really see defensive back as that. I think this is the right top four.
1: Although none of the four were actually unanimous in our voting. All four of them got like well over 75% of the vote, except to see those four players shake out I think Lockridge and Easton will battle it out for the top defender in the conference this year Cam Stone a big time leader on the Hawaii defense and Holland Taylor maybe a little bit underrated or at least not conference wide names at this point but I think they're gonna continue to show why they should be household names in the conference this year with their play all right at special teams for
0: our kicker we have John Hoyland from Wyoming at punter we have Jack Browning from San Diego State long snapper we have Carson york from wyoming and return man christian washington from new mexico
1: i think kicker is is really deep in the mountain west has been for a few years, you could really plug one of three players in this kicking spot. Blonde snappers, uh, a position where it's really hard to evaluate. I think York was
0: clearly the number one option because a lot of these teams either have a very good punter or a very good kicker. San Diego State obviously has a good kicker and punter because it's the same person. It's Jack Browning. At Wyoming, both their kicker, John Hoyland, and the punter, Clayton Stewart, were both very successful, very consistent. I think a big part of that was definitely how Carson York was a steady hand at the Onto the Mountain West Connection second team. At quarterback, we have Chevin Cordiero from San Jose State. Running back, we have John Lee Eldridge the third from Air Force and Kyrie Robinson from San Jose State. At wide receiver, we have Justin Lockhart from San Jose State and Stephen Cobbs from Boise State. At Flex, we have DeWyan McNeely from Wyoming. Tight end, we have Trayton Welch, also from Wyoming. Our five offensive linemen, we have Wesley Indago from Air Force, the Guard. Adam Karris also from Air Force. Force at tackle, Jacob Gardner, the Colorado State Center, Mose Vavao from Fresno State, and Fernando Carmona Jr. from San Jose State. I think the main thing that jumps out to me is that the offensive line is such a mixed bag. Some of these positions you had really clear guys at the top, but offensive line, there's a <laughs> lot of real quality guys. And it's also another position that's a little bit hard to evaluate from the outside, but you look at, you know, team stats and you look at PFF grades, you watch a little bit of film. I think this is a very good group, you know obviously air force is going to have a lot of representations their third lineman on this list i'm really happy to see jacob gardner get on this list because he was moving all around the offensive line just trying to help out colorado state where he can now that he's at center it's going to be a very big boost for that offense. And i'm also very happy to see fernando carmona jr on this list who started 10 games as a freshman he was phenomenal honestly for what you would be expecting from a 19 year old and as just a sophomore he is on our second
1: team it's important to look at team representation and just knowing when there's a good offensive unit, like Air Force or Wyoming, tend to look at, okay, who's leading the charge for those units. Interesting to see Boise State get two people going back to the first team a little bit. Their offensive line has been highly criticized over the years, but landing two players might be a sign of good things to come. Note about tight end. I think tight end has seen a a decrease in talent since a few years ago when they had, I think it was three NFL draft picks on them from the conference at tight end. That's in no way meant to dismiss the two players that we have select select our teams, but just maybe a smaller pool to choose from. Maybe more blocking tight ends rather than receiving tight ends so mm-hmm. far. That, that's been a pattern last year and this year at that position. For me at wide receiver, the second team was harder than the first team. The first team seemed pretty clear cut. Second team seemed a little harder to kind of come up with names. I, I feel like the conference lost a lot of talent at that position. And then you look at some teams like San Jose State or Boise State who maybe it's a little bit more the strength of the group rather than one individual. For instance, at, at Boise State, you could just as easily have Latrell Caples on here as you could Stefan Cobbs.
0: Our second team defense, starting with our interior defensive lineman, we have Jordan Burdignoli from Wyoming and Hale Motuapuaku from Utah State. At Edge, we have Sawane Tawoya from San Jose State and Braden Siders from Wyoming. Our three linebackers, we have Alec Mock from Air Air force brian parham from san jose state and drew watts from nevada our four defensive backs we have ike larson from utah state dante martin from new mexico trey jenkins the safety from san jose state and peter manuma the hawaii safety. at flex we have camby goff who plays the spur role for air force the entire wyoming starting <laughs> four is on our team look out
1: the second thing that jumps out to me here is that there's four sophomores on the, on this list so a lot of credit being given to players who maybe broke out or burst on the scene last year. Brandon from Wyoming, Drew Watts, Nevada. Ike Larson, very popular, talented player. Had a great year last year. And then Peter from Hawaii. Nice to see a Hawaii player get a nod. One of the bright spots from their team last year. And then third, I'll just give a quick shout out to Alec Mock, somebody who caught my eye, I think, two years ago when he was playing. I, I believe he was more reserve and maybe thrust into bigger action, to some injuries, and just been very steady for the Falcons. He's one that maybe isn't quite in the same tier as some some of the people on the first team but I think also in his own tier above maybe some of the other linebackers on the second team list I think a ton of
0: this second team defense is really looking at projection I think you got guys like Sawane Tawoya although he I believe he only had like three sacks last year he had a very solid year but I think a lot of him being on this list is just looking at the production that edges have at San mm-hmm. Jose State you would assume that Tawoya would be the guy stepping into those shoes guys like Drew Watts Ike Larson Peter Manuma they maybe haven't been on top of leaderboards producing, but if you're able to produce on your first or second year on campus, and that just means that the sky is the limit for you, and I think that's really nice to see with a lot of these guys like Drew Watts, like Ike Larson, like Peter Manuma. These guys that are younger, we're going to be able to see in the league for hopefully another two to three years, and if they can keep building on what they did in their first year, rather than just kind of stay at that level, we could certainly see them on the first team next year or at the end of the year. For special teams at Kicker, we have Jonah Dalmas from Boise State. At punter, we have Aaron Rodriguez from New Mexico. Long snapper, we have Jacob Garcia from Utah State. And return man, we have Tori Horton from Colorado State.
1: At returner, Jack, I don't know if you know maybe a little bit more than me. Interested to see how often he's returning kicks or punts this year. Now that he's kind of established himself as the number one option in the area of offense, don't know if they need to work some other players in or if they're going to take the mindset of he's our best player, uh, so we're going to put the ball on his hands as much as possible.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. He got a lot of punt return opportunities last year. Nothing in the kick return game. So we'll see if they decide. Okay, we need to get him the ball as much as possible, and maybe we also see him get some kick return duties. Or maybe this is a miss on our end, and they keep him off the field so that they can get the most use out of him from their offense. In my opinion, I think you got to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. He is truly one of the best players in the conference, and anytime Tory Horton has the ball, he has a chance to go to distance. So I don't know why you wouldn't give him more opportunities with the ball. If you're interested in how many players from each team got onto our lists, here we go. We will go over the total amount and we'll also mention how many players are on the first team. Wyoming had 11, the only team with double digit players, and they had seven on the first team, which is also in first place. Boise State had eight players in total and six on the first team. Air Force also had eight in total. So tied for second, three people on the first team. San Jose, State had seven players in total though none of them were on the first team. Colorado State had five players but three of them were on the all first team. San Diego State had four players, all four of them on the first team. Fresno State had three players two of them being on the first team. New Mexico also had three players with one of them being on the first team. Utah State had three players all being on the second team. Hawaii had two players one of them on the first team. UNLV had one player on the first team and in total. And Nevada. had one player on the
1: second team. I was a little surprised Wyoming led the way. Their defense is is extremely talented. Special teams are usually solid. They have a a running back who should be the bell cow for them. I didn't think it would add up to first place, but congrats to the Cowboys. I think that's a testament to the development uh, over there that they do. Boise State's usually around the top. I like the contrast, say, between San Jose State and San Diego State. Right, San Jose State had seven players, which was the fourth highest total, but none were on the first team. San Diego State had a lot of players from our list last year leave in one way or another, graduation, NFL, or, or transfer out. We look, only four players, but all are on the first team. I was a little surprised UNLV maybe didn't catch the attention of some other voters on our team, just with all the transfers they brought in. I voted for Ricky White at wide receiver. I believe for the second straight year, all 12 teams were represented, which I think is always cool because I think it, it just illustrates that there is talent up and down the conference uh, it, it might not be equal proportions but there is talents everywhere in some way shape or form
0: next we will move on to our site awards so our mountain west offensive player of the year three players were voted for in total at third place we have Chevin Cordiero who had two votes at second place we have Tori Horton who had three votes and your preseason mountain west connection offensive player of the year is Taylan Green the sophomore quarterback from Boise State I personally picked. Chevin Cordero, pretty much no fault of Taylor Green's. I looked at the past winners of the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year award, and literally nobody since Derek Carr has won the Mountain West and won the Offensive Player of the Year award in the same year. So that was literally oh. the only reason I didn't pick Taylon Green, and I want Chevin Cordiero, But Taylor Green, obviously one of the best dual threats in the country at six foot six, if he can take a next step in the passing game, which shouldn't be too hard because the offensive line should be a bit improved. And he's also got a wealth of weapons to throw to between Stephen Cobbs, who was on that second team. You got guys like Latrell Caples and Eric McAllister. Just a ton of talent on that team. Of course, he's got his two running mates in Holani and Gene T as well. If this Boise State team puts together a double-digit win season, if they can win the Mountain West, Taylor Green certainly would be the favorite for this
1: award. Interestingly enough, I also did not vote for Taylor Green. I voted for Tori Horton. I have no problem with people disagreeing with, but I do just want to explain my process right? If you're asking me who I think will win the award at the end of the season, I think I would rank it Taylor Green first and then one of the other players second. But if you're asking me who is the preseason player of the year, right? who is the best player coming in as things stand now entering the 2023 season? I would say Tory Horton. The voting tends to sway a little bit more to quarterbacks or running backs versus a wide receiver. I think it's very hard for a wide receiver to win it because if Horton's putting up all these numbers, well, who's the person throwing to him? He probably has good numbers too, right? So that's why I think it's hard for a wide receiver to win. Now, something you mentioned, Jack, that's kind of interesting because the Broncos offense is so loaded with two great running backs, a wealth of wide receivers. Could that potentially mean that Taylor Green's numbers are maybe a little bit muted because they're going to be very balanced in the in the running game and the passing game thoughts on that historically voters have
0: kind of worked around this a lot of guys that have won the award have been on the top team and mm. they haven't really led the conference in any stats I remember Andy Dalton won back-to-back player of the year awards didn't lead in a single stat I remember Dontrell Moore also won the award as a senior that was kind of more of a cumulative career award for every individual voter you kind of have to create your own own narrative to get behind your choice. So there's certainly a lot of different aspects you could look at this. But I think Taylor Green, even if he doesn't have the most insane stats, if Boise State has a very solid year, makes a very clear and notable progression in the passing game, he looks really confident. He wouldn't necessarily need to put up 3500 yards rush for a thousand yards he could have like another 2500 passing yard season rush for another 10 touchdowns if boise state wins the conference wins 11 12 games then he could certainly be given this award as just a nod to how good that team has been as they've been the best team hypothetically now on to defensive player of the year in third place we have trey taylor the air force safety who had one vote in second place we have cam lockridge the fresno state cornerback who had two votes mountain away West connection preseason defensive player of the year is Easton Gibbs the linebacker from Wyoming who had seven votes a runaway win here for Mr. Gibbs he was phenomenal last year one of only two sophomores on the all
1: Mountain West first team yeah this one was a little more clear-cut than offensive player of the year you know nice to see Trey Taylor get a vote you know again I, th- I think he's been a little underrated but I kind of saw this as a two-person race Jack you voted for Cam Lockridge do you want to explain your decision a little bit?
0: personally I went with Cam Lockridge because I think with how good he was last year I think that if he can take another step in my head he could literally be a first round draft pick that's why I went with him I think his best possible self is a little bit higher than Easton Gibbs but that's no knock to Easton Gibbs at all obviously he got seven votes Easton Gibbs is going to be in the NFL if he produces the same amount as he did last year he'll certainly be a first team Mountain West honoree once again but if he's going to win defensive player of the year as our writers think he will you got to expect that he's going to be putting up 150 tackles you think he's going to be getting a couple interceptions forcing a couple fumbles which I think he's certainly capable of he's shown he's capable of and as we've talked about previously this is a Wyoming team that especially towards the middle has so much talent on both the offense and defensive side so if Wyoming has a very solid season and if Easton Gibbs can take that next step in his progression then this is certainly a real possibility that he comes away as the defensive player of the year
1: Both Gibbs and Lockridge, no shortage of production. Gibbs might be the more steady production from linebackers, right? Making the right tackle, limiting big plays, stopping the run, where Lockridge might show some more of the flashy stats of the the interceptions and the pass breakups and kind of those highlight reel plays. So I understand the distinction. For the special teams player
0: of the year, in third place, we have Tori Horton, the return man from Colorado State. He's tied with Luke Wysong, a return man from New Mexico. Both of them Had one vote each. Second place, we have Christian Washington, the return man from New Mexico. He had two votes. And our Mountain West Connection preseason special teams player of the year is Jack Browning from San Diego State, who takes care of their kicking and punting duties. He won the award last season, so this was kind of an easy decision for a lot of voters, I believe. My only real concern is if he gets hurt. I don't know
1: what is going to happen at San Diego State.
0: Arguably the best kicker and arguably the best punter, so this is. Certainly, an award decision I can get by.
1: It's nice when you have a player who can do both, right? Maybe even frees up a scholarship spot to be used somewhere else. But question is if you're, your are starting kicker and punter go down because it's the same person, what do you do? So our offensive breakout
0: player of the year, we have three players tied for second place, all with one vote each. Mikey Keene, the Fresno State QB, Eric McAllister, the Boise State wide receiver, and Prince Strong the wide receiver from Boise State. And our our Mountain West Connection a Preseason Offensive Breakout Player of the Year is DeWyan McNeely, the Wyoming running back who had five votes. I think a big part of him winning this award was the clear void at running back one for Wyoming even though Harrison Whaley was on the first team and McNeely was on the second team it's not a knock on McNeely these two guys are going to be quite tandem and they're certainly expected to share the carries and
1: I think both of them will do very well yeah I see this one as more opportunity I guess that being said Mikey Keene certainly gets the best opportunity being QB1 for the Bulldogs but I think McNeely like you said he's gonna form that one-two punch he's gonna we know Wyoming is a run first offense so we know he's going to get a lot of carries it wouldn't be surprising to see him get a double digit touchdown as far as breakout players it's always just fun to see who our writers try to dig up I-, I think very rarely does it work out the way that we vote on in the preseason and that's that's okay right it's just somebody gets injured somebody has to step up guys who come out of nowhere that nobody's talking about all of a sudden become big names so looking at this list it's easy to make a case for any of them and as well as people who are not on this list
0: now on to defensive breakout player of the year, we have three players tied at second. We have Tyler Keene from New Mexico. He is an edge. DJ Harvey, the San Jose State corner. And Ahmed Hassanein, the Boise State defensive tackle. All three of these guys had one vote each. And our Mountain West Connection preseason defensive player of the year is Andrew Simpson from Boise State. He is a sophomore linebacker. He had
1: five total votes. He was kind of the linebacker number three last year for the Broncos. Goes. Ezekiel Noah has moved on. So Simpson is the favorite to step into a starting linebacker spot, piled up some sacks, a lot of tackles last year. He got a lot of action. Again, I, I think it's opportunity and, and projection here. I think he becomes the easy favorite just to to have a great season, not to say the other players on this list won't. At least in my opinion, I, I voted for him because he might be the safest pick for a breakout. And as we know, the obvious doesn't always happen, but I would expect Simpson to have a very good year.
0: Yeah, obviously he He's going to be under the tutelage of DJ Shram, which will certainly help to watch him for another year. Assuming he moves into that second linebacker role, he's probably going to have a lot of opportunity to do some stunting. He's probably going to be able to get in some coverage. He's going to be able to rush the passer. So he's going to have the opportunity to do a lot of things as DJ Shram kind of mans the middle. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Andrew Simpson works his way into this defense as a lot of our writers think he will. All right, on to the youngins, our Offensive Freshman of the Year. It was unanimous. Damian Henderson II, the, the running back from Colorado State. It is
1: my guy. probably started the Henderson hype here. As I said a few weeks ago on the podcast, I just look at this as an opportunity, right? So you take a stud recruit. He was my number two rated recruit in the entire conference in this 2023 class. So the talent's there. And then you look at the opportunity side. Colorado State is a big question mark at running back. Not hard to imagine that he emerges as a guy who could be a starter. Or, or a solid number two guy at the running back spot. Avery Morrow is a big question mark. Is he returning from suspension? Is he going to miss some things in this season? So I think Henderson just slots in there really nicely. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up maybe not quite Ashton Gentry numbers from Boise State last year, but he might be a good template for how you can a really active backup player if that makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: So for our defensive freshman of the year, we had two players coming in at second place. We have Deshaun Misa from Boise Boise State. He is a linebacker. And Chase Davis, who is a Utah State safety. Both of them had one vote each. And your Mountain West connection preseason defensive freshman of the year is Jonah Lewis, the Nevada cornerback who had six votes apiece.
1: Misa he was the top recruit in the entire conference on my ranking system in in 2022. He'll probably step into that Andrew Simpson role as the, the Boise State number three linebacker, be a quality backup. So if he follows the Simpson mode with, as far as stats go, easy to see him winning this. And then you have Chase Davis and Jonah Lewis, who are both very talented, true freshmen. I could see either of them coming in and starting right away or getting a lot of steps on special teams and, and in a backup role. I went Lewis over Davis, again, just based on opportunity. I think Nevada is in a significant rebuild. They lost a lot of players two years ago, as we all know. Spots are up for grabs. I think Jonah Lewis was their best commit in, the, in this class, and it wouldn't surprise me if maybe he was opportunity to to claim a starting spot or something like that or he just wins it on talent alone and you know starts 10 12 games this year I
0: was one of the oddballs that didn't vote for Jonah Lewis I went with Chase Davis just because I think Utah State is going to be more inclined to find that running mate with Ike Larson so if Chase mm-hmm. Davis shows out like you would expect him to as he was a three star that had SEC offers six foot two crazy athletic would expect him to get some playing time at some point this year but Jonah Lewis is a phenomenal player he's only five Five eleven, but another guy that's just crazy athletic can jump out of the gym. Certainly a situation where Jonah Lewis could break out and make a name for himself. All right, on to coach of the year. In third place, we have Jay Norvell from Colorado State who had one vote. In second place, we have Jeff Tedford from Fresno State who had three votes. And your Mountain West Connection preseason coach of the year is Troy Calhoun from Air Force
1: who had five votes. Calhoun is one of the most underrated head coaches in the entire college football world. He's at Air Force and has kind of built a consistent winner there. One of only a few teams to have 10 win seasons each of the last three full seasons, so not including 2020. Calhoun
0: and Tedford are in very similar situations where they're going into their first season without their best player on the offensive side. Obviously, Jake Hayner and Brad Roberts. Both these guys are coaches you have confidence in that. They're going to figure it out regardless if they have the answer, the true air to those spots that are now open personally went with calhoun over tedford i have a bit more confidence in the entirety of that program i think that you know that that defense is going to be very solid you know that offensive line is going to be very solid even if one guy program or transfers or something like that as has happened at a couple different position groups for air force you still know that calhoun's going to lock it down and this is still going to be a team that wins you know at least eight or nine games and the last thing we will officially review. Deal is our Mountain West Connection preseason predictions for the standings starting from the bottom? New Mexico at 12th, Nevada at 11th, Hawaii at 10th, UNLV at 9th, Utah State at 8th, Colorado State in 7th, San Jose State at 6th, Wyoming in 5th, San Diego State is 4th, Fresno State at 3rd, Air Force at 2nd, and our champion is Boise State. So, kind of the easy pick here with Boise State. It's hard to not come to that conclusion. I know that the out-of-conference is an absolute gauntlet. This is top to bottom, one of the most dynamic Mountain West teams we've ever seen, at least on paper. So I can't wait because really the sky is the limit. We're going to find out a lot about this team week one when they play Washington. You know,
1: I think the Broncos, they're always the easy pick for preseason champion or preseason top team like Gonzaga when it comes to basketball on their conference. It's just they, they have the name brand. They win more games traditionally, even if it doesn't always equate two conference championships each and every season. It's easy to see them as the favorites on paper. Now, I always laugh a little bit. I think half of our readers think that we are huge Boise State homers and the other half think that we are a huge Boise State hater. Anytime we don't pick them for an award or a selection like this, like you said, they seem to be the clear favorite one vote away from being unanimous so to me that says that other writers who cover other teams or might be fans of other teams just saw them as the unbiased favorite. Like you said, out of conference will really determine how good this team is and if they're you know Mountain West good or if they're college football good. For me, what went into it was just they ran the table in the conference last year. Last year overall, they still ran the conference, went undefeated up until that Mountain West championship game where they lost to Fresno State. Clearly looked like the better team. I usually go whoever won the championship, they're the favorites, but because the Bulldogs lost so much talent from the offense and then lost some of their better defensive players, they just took too many steps back where Boise State lost some on defense, but their offense, like you mentioned before, just seems like the sky is the limit. So that's why I went with the
0: Broncos. So I think when you look at the rest of this, the top four, maybe the expected four at the top between Boise State, Air Force, Fresno State, San Diego State. I think Wyoming at five, who was only two votes away from passing San Diego State, I think that's a real dark horse to win this conference. That, that may yeah. be a lot to say, but obviously they had the most players on our conference team obviously you're assuming that those running backs are going to fill that void they're going to rise to the occasion but if that happens you can count on that being the best front seven in the conference you can count on that being one of the better offensive lines in the conference it's certainly a team that i think is going to surprise a lot of people if you haven't looked at them too closely six through nine is kind of this wasteland of teams that probably aren't going to win the conference but they're going to be fighting for a bowl game you know they're going to be in that zone between san jose state colorado state utah state LV. It's going to be very interesting to see, especially when these teams play. Those are the games that really determine if you're going to be making a bowl game or not, and also seeing if any of these teams can knock off some of those teams in the top four and really create some havoc. And then the final three: Hawaii, Nevada, New Mexico. Whatever order those last three were in is probably some variation of what each writer had. All three of those teams have a lot of potential. I don't think this is a death sentence for any of those three teams. I actually had a Hawaii making a bowl game for a little but I ended up backing up on one game, so they didn't in my predictions. There is certainly a path for all three of those teams to make it to a bowl game. Obviously, everybody can't make a
1: bowl game, Sad. Boise State kind of in a tier by themselves, at least on paper. In my mind, Air Force and Fresno State are the other two teams who have a path to the conference championship. I think both teams lose a lot, especially on offense, so that's why neither probably received more first-place votes as they traditionally do in past years. Air Force got the other first-place vote. I think the Falcons will have a Tremendous defense. I think they reload on offense. I think Fresno State really interesting. It seems like Tedford either has like the clear cut one of the one or two best teams in the conference or you know he showed last time when he loses the core of his team it's hard for him to develop that next group. So kind of interesting that like you said Wyoming's defense is going to keep them in every game. Another thing I'll note I think Wyoming, Air Force, and Fresno State maybe not quite in that order are probably the three teams that play Boise State the best best. Also something to watch when we're going through the conference or in that championship game, as we're predicting, even though that's months away. At six through nine, no man's land, I would look for at least one, if not two teams from that group to make a bowl game. And I could make an argument for or against any of those four teams, but I think the Mountain West probably gets to six for sure, probably seven bowl teams this year. Yeah, those bottom three teams, like you said, really probably just preference. You could flip a coin um, for any of those three teams to finish 10th, 11th, or 12th, I would guess Hawaii can probably steal a win or two just from the run and shoot offense. Traditionally, that's good for an upset here or there. I want to hope that New Mexico is going to finish on top of Nevada. That's how I voted personally. But yeah, I'm interested to see which of those teams out of that three, like just kind of which one maybe makes the most improvement or which one maybe is the top of that tier. San Jose State kind of had the most variance in the voting. So they were ranked as highest third and as low as ninth. Um, So they just had the biggest range. And then conversely, Colorado State actually had the smallest range. Every vote except one was either sixth place or seventh place, and the outlier was eighth place. So they were just kind of right in the middle of the pack there. And I think that's where they finish. I I think they'll probably be a bowl team this year. They should be improved. But improved doesn't mean making a run at the conference championship. Improved just means kind of middle of the pack and, and scoring over 20 points in a game this year, probably a few times. So for the rest of the topics
0: we're going to go over, we're just going to be talking about our personal rankings official site rankings for these three sections will be out over the rest of this week so look forward to that starting with the best position group unless otherwise noted we both chose the same team so if only one of us talks about a position that's why starting with quarterback Boise State was the clear choice here Talon Green obviously we talked so much about him over this episode and they've got some pretty solid prospects as their backups
1: running back also the Bronco Coast, as we talked about before just that one-two punch of George Helani and Ashton Gentry looking through I know holani has been injury prone but he is the leading rusher and has the most returning rushing touchdowns in the conference I believe and then can also throw in their true freshman too for
0: wide receiver we went with Colorado State obviously Torrey Horton one of the best overall players in the conference and then you added Justice Ross Simmons you got Dylan Goffney coming in from SMU and a couple of other solid three-star recruits it's a very solid unit overall, and then you add Tori Horton on top of that, and it just elevates the unit to, I believe, the top of the
1: conference. Tight end was the one position that we disagreed on. I went with San Diego State. Again, I think there's not a lot of strong tight ends in the conference, but I, I favored the Aztecs here.
0: Yeah, I was the only person who voted for Trayton Welch over Mark Redmond. so me being the black sheep here, I'll talk about that. I think that Trayton Welch, you know, he had the best statistics of any tight end last year, and especially in. An offense that doesn't throw the ball a lot, and Andrew Peasley also struggled a lot. I think it just made it all the more impressive how productive Trey and Welsh was. But no disrespect to Mark Redman, obviously we had him on our first team, so you know he's
1: legit. Moving over to offensive line, we both chose Air Force. I think that's pretty obvious. They have, they would have had four offensive linemen on the first and second teams if one player did not leave the program in the offseason So clearly a strong unit.
0: Also shout up Caleb Holcomb, even though you're not in this episode, Perfect. you're still my number eleven player in the Mountain West. For defensive line, obviously, if you heard us talk about this earlier, you know where we're going with this. It's going to be Wyoming. Jordan Bertignoli and Cole Godbout, one of the best de-tackle duos in the entire country. Yeah, and
1: over at the edge position, it's the Cowboys again. As we talked about before, they're, they're front four and, and really they're their front six or seven. is just as solid as they come, so Cowboys all the way at the edge.
0: For linebacker, one more Cowboys spot, we have Wyoming. Obviously, Easton Gibbs, our site, pick for Defensive Player of the Year. You know how good he is. And Shea Suoyanoa is very good in his own right.
1: Going to defensive backs, we both went with Colorado State, actually. Jack Hall leads that unit really well. Um, I think they have a few other productive players at at cornerback. The Rams defense surprised last year, and I think defensive line and defensive back were a little bit reason why, so that's why I favored the Rams here.
0: And for special teams, we both went with San Diego State. It was kind of a toss-up here between San Diego State and Wyoming, but with one guy manning both jobs would tend to lean towards San Diego State as it's just a bit more impressive. Obviously he won the special team player of the year last year so with Jack Browning coming back you might as well give them the nod here.
1: Next we will move on to our all coach team. Looking at head coach like we said there there's two really good choices. We each went with one. I went with Tedford. He was the coach of the year last year in my mind so he's the coach of the year entering this season as well.
0: And I went with Troy Calhoun for some of the reasons I said earlier just the fact that you you know that even if some of the bigger pieces some of the things on the periphery aren't exactly perfect you know that the core of that air force team is as solid as they come and you know with how good Troy Calhoun is going to be at air force is going to be good right along with him so I decided to give him my nod here
1: moving over to offensive coordinator both chose air force coordinator Mike Easton. yeah for me I, I can say I think their offense reloads as, as well as anybody in the conference they know the system they execute it very well pretty easy choice for me this year for
0: defense coordinator we both chose brian nor who is in his second year as air force's defensive coordinator Even though he's only in his second year his first year he had the third best defense in the entire country so kind of a no-brainer here nor showing what he's made of and with and with so many key guys coming back for that air force defense guys like peyton zadroyak guys like alec ma guys like trey taylor and camby goff brian nor has got a lot of fun stuff to play with here
1: special teams coordinator doug deacon's been a mainstay on our list for a few years It's easy to see why the Aztecs constantly have one of, if not the um, top special teams unit in the conference. Deacon's a big part of that.
0: So at quarterback, we both split our votes between guys in their first year on the job. I went with Bush Hamdan, who, of course, was a former Boise State quarterback. Now he's back as their quarterback coach, and he's also taking over the official offensive coordinator role. Yeah, so Hamdan taking over for Dirk Cutter at the offensive coordinator role, and he should be a very good mentor for Talon
1: Green yeah definitely it's hard to argue with that I went with Ryan Lindley kind of in a similar situation so came about after San Diego State hired fired their offensive coordinator last year so he's stepping in that QB role and offensive coordinator role I think the Aztecs saw a, a big jump in offensive production with Lindley there for running back
0: coach we both chose
1: Gordy Howe
0: from Wyoming in his sixth year they have had a thousand yard rusher every year since 2017 excluding 2020. big part of that has been Coach Haug. He's a big reason why we have a lot of confidence in guys like Harrison Whaley and DeWyon McNeely, so shout out to Coach Haug.
1: Wide receiver, we split again, having different votes. I went with Pat McCann out of Fresno State. I really liked the Bulldogs wide receiver unit last year. Now they lose a lot of talent there, so McCann has a tall task in front of him, but he's shown an ability to get everybody on the same page, develop a lot of wide receivers. Stepping in for Kirby Moore last year, there was no drop-off on the unit, so that's what I like about McCann.
0: I went with Chad Savage, the wide receiver coach from Colorado State in his second season. He was a big part of Torrey Horton's explosion last year, and he's already shown that he's a heck of a recruiter, laying some historic recruits at Colorado State in just his second year. But specifically on the field, he's already shown that he's great at developing these guys and just making them better. Torrey Horton, obviously, taking a very big step forward. Justice Ross Simmons, as a freshman, was very productive He's a coach that i I think anybody around him is very excited about.
1: Alright, so at tight end we have Savae Aselu. Sorry coach if I'm mispronouncing that. Tight end coach, just like the tight end position. A bit of a tough one for us. Just matching up the coach with the player in in this scenario. For our offensive line coach we went with
0: Steed Lobotsky. I took my best guess at that name. Please don't hunt me down. In his 8th year as Air Force's offensive line coach and he has consistently put out one of the Mountain West's best units. So there's no reason to think he won't do that again this year with a ton of really talented guys that we've already talked about, like Wesley and Dago, like Thor Pagley along.
1: Over a defensive line. So looking at the interior defensive line, we both went with Oscar Giles out of Wyoming, veteran coach. He's only in year two at Wyoming, but he's coached college football for many years. He knows what he's doing. Easy to see how he's coached up that unit over his two years with the
0: Cowboys. For pass rush, we both went with Joe Suamalo, the San Jose State coach in his seventh year as their pass rush specialist, and he's produced a couple of defensive player of the year winners, obviously Cade Hall and Junior Fajoko. And although there aren't any guaranteed stars on that defensive line like he's previously had, you know that Suamala is going to get the most out of his
1: player. You know, Linebacker is another spot where we selected different coaches. I went with Spencer Danielson at Boise State. I think Danielson, the the work he did, especially last year, just really developing those linebackers into a solid unit. I think that speaks volumes to his abilities as a coach. So that's what won out for me. And
0: I went with Aaron Bull, the Wyoming linebacker coach, obviously son of Craig Bull, but it's not a nepotism pick here. He is very good at his job. He was a big part of Chad Muma's development into an NFL player, and he's obviously been a very big part of Easton Gibbs also developing into an NFL-type player. That whole unit's very solid because of Coach
1: Bull. And then over at defensive back, another evergreen pick for me, Demetrius Sumler out of San Diego State. He's in his sixth year, and again, his resume just speaks for itself. Seems like there's always numerous San Diego State defensive backs. They had three of their four or five defensive backs on our all-conference teams. Certainly one of the best in the business at developing defensive backs. And I went with with coach charlie jackson
0: the defensive backs coach from air force in his third year there a veteran nfl guy brings a wealth of experience and seems like no matter who's out there he's going to get production out of them he's obviously been a big part of guys like Cami goff and trey taylor and michael mack the second getting really good obviously michael mack the second not on the team anymore but charlie jackson has shown that he's as good as anybody at developing defensive back talent. and finally we are going to go over our top 10. Ten players. If you listen to the episode last week, yes, this is going to be the same top 10 that you heard in last episode, but you don't know what Mike said. So starting at the top, we had a different combination of the first top three, but Cam Lockridge, Tori Horton, and Easton Gibbs. One, two, three, some combination of that is definitely the right choice.
1: Yeah, my top three, same people, just different order. I went with Tori Horton at number one, Easton Gibbs at number two, and Cam Lockridge at number three. I think for both of us, it seemed like the clear top three so mike's
0: next three picks were all boise state players george halani at four dj shram at five and Taylon green at six i didn't have shram or green in my top 10 i had them both between the 10 and 15 mark but obviously phenomenal players there at four and six the other spots that didn't match up i had jack howell at four and i had muhammad camaro at six
1: kind of interesting i guess i didn't really realize it was three bronco players in a row it seems like I'm a little higher on Halani than some of our other voters. Picking up on the injury history, which is very valid. I think people are writing high on Ashton and Nt, which again is very valid. But remember, Halani is the leading returner in both rushing yards and rushing touchdowns in the conference this year, so that's why he was my number four pick. Shram, I agree with you. I think in a lot of years, I won't have him. Certainly not at number five. Maybe sneaking into my top ten, or maybe in that eleven to fifteen range. But just a really solid player i think he's a good bet to produce his 2022 numbers again so looking at production and he just fit the bill taylor green conversely i'm lower on than than probably some other people although higher than you jack if you're asking me where do i think he will rank on our top 10 or my top 10 at the end of the season probably guess no lower than third with a really good case to be one or two but that's based on his projection of how I think he will do but only a redshirt sophomore doesn't have a ton of starts under his belt yet still learning still converting his raw athleticism into on the field skills so sky's the limit but he's not in the sky yet in my opinion
0: so the previously mentioned Mohamed Kamara at seven for Mike one spot lower than I had him he then had Cody Moon at eight the transfer coming in from New Mexico to San Diego State I didn't have him on my top 20 at all, but he was an honorable mention and obviously, obviously he's a beast. He was on our first team. I had Peyton Zedroic at 8 and then my only quarterback on my list Chevin Cordiero at 9. I had Taylor Green down at 14 just because I'd like to see a bit more of the passing production be shown before I move him up above some of these other guys on the defensive side. If you're going off of potential, you know, he would be in the top 5. And then just to finish it off at 10, I had Kay Bresford who is my favorite tackle in the Mountain West currently. Washington State transfer, seven, absolute people mover. He's a guy that I definitely think could be in the NFL in one season's
1: time. Devon Harris at 9 and Jack Hall at 10. So I kind of went with as much production as I could. I think Kamara's put up tons of stats. Obviously, Moon and Hall have just racked up all the tackles last year and then Harris just uh, a beast at the edge position so yeah. I think that
0: with how much oomph that four through ten has I think when you keep going in the list and you look at obviously I did a top 20 line I ended up mentioning about 30 players in that and then thanks to Twitter I ended up talking about maybe another 10 so that's probably 40 players there was probably 40 players that genuinely could have been on my top 20 list and I think that does translate to the literally four through 10 it's just a grab bag of talent it's hard To pinpoint exactly how productive one player is going to be, it's obviously just a guessing game. Things on paper are just that—they're on paper. I think once you get past, you know, that top four—you know, DJ Shram, Taylon Green, Muhammad Kamara—after that, pretty much anybody that you personally, anybody ranks between like six and like thirty are pretty much interchangeable because there's just so much talent that's kind of all at that level. Maybe you're not a guaranteed NFL prospect but you know they're going to contribute and they can contribute even more. They have that potential. I think that just speaks to the depth of talent across the entire company. Yeah, it
1: just speaks to the level of talent going on, so definitely check that out. Check out all of our releases this week. We put a lot of time and effort into this, even if people don't always agree with us. It's, it's, you know, we're not just picking names out of a hat. We're not just really a lot. A lot of work goes into this with our voters. That's all
0: for this episode of Hikes Peak. Thank you for coming back to the mountain. If you enjoyed, please rate the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on it helps the show a ton make sure to listen to the last three episodes if you haven't already they are just as informative as this one follow us on twitter at mwcconnection find all of our content at mwcconnection.com be on the lookout for the rest of our kickoff week releases you won't want to miss out thank you again to mike whitman for joining the show of course jack always happy to be on new episodes of hikes peak every tuesday thank you so much for listening this is jack thompson signing off enjoy your life